to Who All Gonna Be There, a podcast by artists for artists. We talk cash shit about everything, sometimes we get messy, and it all counts as art because we say so. I'm Mel, I'm black, I'm a woman, phenomenally. I have all the jobs, none of them are essential. This week, I'm a notary public, a SoundCloud artist public relations specialist, and I also enjoy bird watching as a professional hobby. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm Maximiliano, a.k.a. Maxi Max, a.k.a. Mad Max, um, wandering, wandering the wasteland for easels and oil paints. Um, I just, like, rethought of the very, one of the very intro lines of, um, and it all counts as art. I think that's a, a nice thing to always remember. Yes. Um, for those of you sitting at home... Or uh, listening on your jogs or jaunts around town. Um, here is how you can support Nat Turner Project. We have a Patreon page, exclusive podcast episodes, which are only available behind the paywall. So we get extra messy. Extra, extra. <laughs> and we got a good one coming up, y'all. Yes, we do. We have an Etsy store where you can buy our merchandise and buy our publications. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Um, hopefully a good one, but whatever. We've just only had a bots so far. And, uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, <laughs> we're still looking. We're still looking for those those comments. Um, follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Facebook, Instagram. Um, art-related questions, questions about... Nat Turner Project, questions about um, the universe, questions about whatever, um, sending them our way. Email us at natturnerproject0 at gmail.com and we will read it on air and try our best to answer them and potentially you will win a Nat Turner Project prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got some extra tote bags and I'm not saying we're going to give them out, 
but I'm not saying we're not going to give them out. So. Yes. <laughs> You're more generous than NPR. <laughs> Wait, if, we, if we're trying to do NPR, should I speak like this in a really soothing voice? <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Today it's just us. Um, we figured we'd throw an episode on here today because there has been a lot going down over the past week, and we wanted to check in with y'all and drop some thoughts on some of it, um, just to let y'all know where we stand. So, first up, we are still, we are knee deep in, what, month three? Is it month three yet? Yes. Month three of that quarantine life. Max, how are you doing? Um, I'm hanging in there. I am, um, you know, life's a roller coaster. I'm having certain days and certain other days, and I'm developing new habits and new activities. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what kind of new habits and new activities? Wait, sorry, you said something. What kind of new habits and new activities? Um... Well, this one's more positive. I've uh, ordered the soccer ball online and oh. have since inflated it. And um, sometimes I'll wake up real early and go uh, to the empty schoolyard and kick the ball around. Oh, shit. I didn't even know you played soccer like that. You know I play <laughs> soccer, right? In high school? Oh, shit. I played up until I was like uh, 12 or 13. Oh, nice. What position? Um, I played mostly like the right um, defense. Oh, wait, you broke up a little there. What position? I play mostly, I play mostly the right defensive position. Oh, okay. I was midfielder and, midfielder and forward sometimes. Okay, goal scorer. Yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. we should play sometime. Yeah, that's a social distance thing you can do. <laughs> you can more than six feet. I don't know, I, I was a little dirty. I, I got up real close and clipped some people. A couple times as a soccer player. <laughs> That's fair. I think um, it's all even. Like even the dark arts are still within within the game. Indeed, they aren't they though? Like, aren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think honor is only is only a certain percentage of uh, the game. Seriously. Yeah. I love soccer though. It only appeals to certain people's strengths. <laughs> I've seen some really gruesome scenes on the soccer field back from my dates. <laughs> it got pretty it got pretty intense. So Shit. But yeah, Shit, that's yeah. cool. Like that's cool that you're going out. Honestly, the only going out I've been doing is going to the mailbox. <laughs> um I I'm trying to work myself up to getting in the car and going on drives, but I'm just really nervous about being out there right now. Yeah. Just being someone who is immunosuppressed um, and at risk um, for if and when I contract this thing. So, yeah. Yeah, shit. Yeah. Are you just, like, driving in your car? You're, like, going to places? No, I haven't, but I want to. Like, I'm debating doing that today. Like, the only place I've been... Okay, and this is a fucked up story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last month, I was bit by um, the dog um, in the house, so I had to I had to go to the hospital to get like a tetanus shot and antibiotics. 
um, and that was pretty intense. Um, but to be fair, like the hospital was like super on top of their shit in terms of protocol and PPE. And like they had people at the entrance, like the person I came with couldn't come into the building. Um, like, and it was just me and because I had an appointment and I had to get like a bracelet certifying that I was authorized to be there. Like they were on top of their shit. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why Oregon is kind of like on the better end of what's happening in this country right now, besides it being less densely populated. So that was cool. Um, but it was nice to be out and driving and stuff. But one of the things I noticed is that nobody was wearing a fucking mask while I was out there, like on the street. So that was weird. But um, I do kind of want to drive around in my car and stuff. Um, cause that seems to be relatively safe and just like take a break. Cause I've been in this house for like three months and then there were the three months before all this popped off where I was just bedridden. So like, you know, it starts to add up. Yeah. You want to see some things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what about like what, what new movies or shows or books are you getting into right now? Um, thank you for asking Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I'm a considerate person. <laughs> um, since you, since we were talking about soccer earlier, I've actually um, watched a few soccer uh, themed things on Netflix recently. Oh. Um, the first was a movie about um, Italian um, soccer fans, the like super um, fanatical ones, and. Um, there's just about a group of them in Naples. It was an alright movie. Oh. Um, What's it called? Um, Ultras. Huh. It's on Netflix. Um, what else? I saw um, I saw this documentary about um, this Israeli soccer team. Um, yeah, and from Jerusalem. That plays in Jerusalem. And, um, I guess it's back in like 2012 or whatever. But um, so the documentary is about one season where these two uh, Chechen um, Muslim players come to the team. Um, like the owner brings them to try to like um, promote some stuff, promote diversity and change. But then like a lot of the fans um, think it's just like bullshit, like a bullshit um, PR stunt. And like all the fans are, um, you know, Israeli and Jewish and like. Um, the like the ultra fans the um, fanatical fans are like you know proudly racist and like have chance to say like they're the most racist team so the season's like it's pretty much about um that season with these two players that are chechen um but they get called arab all the time um i think because like they're both muslim and um you know most of the most of the players on the team don't like them and don't associate with them then there's a few that try to and like the captain of the team who was used to be beloved by the fans and then he spoke out in support for these two new uh, Chechen players is now, like, defiled by the fans and, like, him dealing with that, going from, like, the captain of the team that everybody loved to, like, you know, fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> you know, that guy's a traitor and stuff. Um, so that was interesting, um, an interesting documentary. Um, yeah, but soccer-themed. Nice. <laughs> nice. What, uh, what have you been um, consuming? 
A uh, couple things. Um, on Netflix, I binge watched this series called Blood and Water, and it's this South African series, and it's basically like imagine if Gossip Girls was actually good and had character development, and most of the characters were black. That's okay. <laughs> that's what Blood and Water was. So it's this intrigue around a girl whose father, um, whose whose sister was kidnapped when she was a newborn um, 17 years ago um, and her father is currently up for charges for being involved in that kidnapping um, and this child trafficking thing and she ends up running into this girl at a party at this posh party who she thinks might be her sister so she like requests to like transfer schools and infiltrate and try and like figure out if this girl is, his, or is her sister it's actually really fucking good and obviously there's that kind of like uncomfortable element like I'm really creeped out watching actors who play teenagers embroiled in like these weird love stories and these scenes and stuff but other than that it was cool <laughs> um, and also I started watching this show on Hulu called The Great um which is about Catherine the Great and her dumbass husband. Um, and it's like, it's like this dark comedy, which is hilarious and gross at times, but also really funny. Um, Elle Fanning is, is the star, and she's really, really good at kind of like that deadpan comedy of like where weird fucked up shit happens to her, and she's like processing it in her facial expressions. It's really good. It's funny. It's fucked up, but it's funny. She's Catherine the Great. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And they like she plays her like as this young naive girl who thinks she's being married into this like relationship of love, and then slowly like it's revealed that her husband is an asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the terrible things he does. It's just it's fucked up, but it's hilarious. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> um. And, um, I've never seen, uh, Gossip Girl, but it's, like, um, Rich, Rich Young Kids is the premise. Yeah, like, and school together. Rich Young Kids in Manhattan, which is okay. its own thing. <laughs> so, um, um... Uh, so that's the same for, uh, the other show? Rich Kids like in... like, the Rich Young Kids? Yeah, in South Africa. Okay, cool. Yeah. And obviously there are, like, moral and ethical implications of, like, watching a show just about rich kids in South Africa, given South Africa's history. But, you know, I consume black content. I don't care. So, like... Yeah, yeah isn't there, like, moral implications about watching Gossip Girl? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in terms of, like, books, and I'm, I know, like, you're probably going to say something much more smart than I am right now, cause, and I'm embarrassed for myself, but I <laughs> I have been listening, no, I've been wa reading a lot of, like, dirty British smut romance literature because <laughs> a lot, like, the ones that I've, um, a friend of mine put me on game to have, like, black femme protagonists. So it's been like really cool to read like this these romance like n like novels or whatever featuring black women um that are like kind of like dirty but also really like insightful and heartfelt or whatever. So that's kind of yeah. what I've been into these days. 
And they're all they're all British. Most of them are British, yes. And I don't know why that is. I don't know what that says about American romance novels, but yeah, I they haven't gotten there yet. Maybe not, honestly. Yeah. What have, what have, what have you been reading? Um, this is one I guess I'm, I feel like I'm embarrassed it took me so long to get to, but um, it's very I feel like it's very um, topical. I've uh, been reading a Parable of the Sower. Oh shit! Someone a couple of friends specifically told me not to read those right now. <laughs> <laughs> How are they? Um, it's it's amazing. Um, like I, I've been like. Uh, going through it pretty quickly there's like a few parts i just had to stop because then it gets like without giving things away um without getting things to get sad at certain points so i was like oh i have to like you know not read it for a few days but um <laughs> right now it's at, a, it's at a fairly good part i haven't finished it yet um i still maybe have like a fourth he left but um i thoroughly enjoyed it and um it's definitely um it definitely feels so real it's crazy that it was like what came out in like the 80s um but yeah, it feels so, so fucking spot on. It's insane. Octavia's the goat. Like, Octavia Butler, like, Octavia Butler inspired an entire graphic novel series within myself that I didn't even know I had. Like, she's that fucking great. Like, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I can only imagine that Parable of Sower gets really depressing at some point, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, but right now things are good, so. Um, <laughs> It's, it's easy it's like easier to read now because it's like okay you know like you're happy yeah um but um a f- um one of my students my former students actually gifted me the graphic novel adaptation which is kind of, has been sitting on my my dresser um because i'm waiting to crack that open but I've, i feel like i need to read the books first before i read that so yeah that's cool that's cool that your student gave you that i know it's pretty yeah. amazing that was pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> to, I think maybe, like, once or twice I've given a teacher a gift, and that's only when I was, like, in elementary school or something. Yeah. Because, like, my parents, you know, <laughs> give this to your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool, though. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, oh, should we talk about our spinoffs? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so who all going to be there is uh, branching out. Um, we're doing some spinoff podcasts. Uh, we just released the first episode of Who All In It, um, which is a spinoff podcast with me and Ariella Ty, where we talk about um, films, um, global films, American, British, otherwise through a critical race lens. Um, Max, do you want to talk about your spinoff podcast? Um, I have a spinoff podcast um, coming as well, um, currently untitled. Um, I know for the first episode, um, we'll be talk- I'll have a couple guests, and we'll be talking about um, the anime show uh, Evangelion, um, Ooh, Neon nice. Genesis Evangelion. Um, but beyond that, what uh, other things will be covered or discussed, I guess, um, was yet to be seen. So... Um, yeah, look out for that if you're um, into that show. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling it so well right now. <laughs> you just wait. You just wait. <laughs> That's exciting, because, like, I don't follow anime because 
I'm a contrarian, and everyone always just assumes because I'm a nerd that I should like anime, which made me never want to watch anime. So, I don't know, maybe with when your spinoff drops, I'll actually attempt to watch one, um, just to follow along. That'd be cool. Yeah. It's a good one, I mean, if, they, if there's ever one you watch. Yeah. Do you know so, who your guest will be for the first It's going to be uh, Ruben and um, Onyx. Oh, nice. Ruben Garcia Marufo and Onyx, the artist? Yeah, Onyx Andrea. Nice. Um, they're both um, superior Ava um, aficionados. I'm still new to it. I've only seen the show once or one, one time through. But um, How many episodes? It, um, I think it's 26, but I guess the way you're supposed to watch it is there's 24, and then there's a movie that... Um, so I guess originally the... The, the guy that I created that came out with like 26 episodes um the last two episodes were like the ending and then I think people didn't like them or they were like weird or something I don't know all the details but then for some reason like a movie came out he came out with like a movie shortly afterwards that became like the official ending which is very different than the, like, the last two episodes That's so you're supposed to watch them the up to 24 and then the movie and then if you want you can watch the last two episodes but um yeah so 26 24 in a movie nice that's considered that's considered um, short, right, for an anime? I don't know. I think a lot of animes are just um, two seasons. I think there's a lot that are like way longer, but I think there's like a lot that are just like two 13-season episodes. Okay. Or two 13-episode seasons. Okay. Cool. That's but exciting. I'm not, I'm not an anime expert at all. I'm the least bit. Yeah. So. All right. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Do you know when that first episode will drop? Um, it's going to come out sometime in June. Mid-June. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, who all in it? We're dropping um, an episode in mid-June. I think we're going to be reviewing See You Yesterday, which is a time travel flick on Netflix involving a young woman in Brooklyn um, with all kinds of nods to Back to the Future. And if anyone who knows me, they know that I love time travel and I will watch or read damn near anything that has time travel in it. So, yeah. Cool. How do you um, how do you all decide which movie you're gonna watch? Um, it's kind of an organic process. We have like this long ongoing list, and we just pick from those movies right now. Is there like for time travel movies? Do you like the more ridiculous, the better? Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like. The more entertaining episodes to listen to would be the ones where we don't like the movies. So we're probably gonna we're probably gonna aim for movies that we don't like as much because like no one wants to hear an episode of full of oh I love this scene and this scene and this scene and like that's not as fun, right? <laughs> so. it makes you wonder about society. How so, Max? <laughs> but people just want just wanted to hear something get torn down instead of getting, <laughs> hear something getting um, lifted up. Touche. Touche. <laughs> no, I, I think that's cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually liked See You Yesterday, so that should be a fun episode. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, I've actually heard things from friends where they thought it was a little too on the nose or it was too obvious which I think is a thing that pretentious people say but whatever so like 
And I'm I'm including myself because I know I've actually said that probably on this very podcast. So whatever. Fight me. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen um, The Time Traveler's Wife? Yes, I have seen that. Do you like that one? Is that a good time travel movie? I actually did like it, but (laughs) I watched it many, many years ago. My politics have evolved. It'd be interesting to watch it again and see if I still like it. That's the tricky thing. Yeah, I saw it for. <laughs> I saw it for the first time. I think, um, you know, sometime in undergrad, early undergrad, and I remember um, just like crying so much. And then um, I think I've seen it like two more times, and I've still like um, just been like torn up the whole time. <laughs> really? Okay, I need to watch it again. I wonder if it's on streaming right now. Okay. Um, I I feel like maybe there was a time where I saw it on Netflix. Yeah. Um, what other time travel movies? Because there was also um, About Time, which I felt like was a similar Oh, premise. yeah. Did you see that one? I did see that one. I think it also had Rachel McAdams. Yeah, they both have Rachel the... McAdams, who I, re- I really like that actress. Because yeah. she's so earnest, you know? Um, But the About Time was, I feel like that was a little <laughs> bit too, like, it was all about him and his love. Nobody... Nobody's here to watch your movie about your love. Nobody cares. So, like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it just felt... Yeah, I'm trying to remember. He was just, like, reliving moments and, and fixing them. Was that his thing? Yeah, and he, like... I, I remember at one point... Sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. He fucks up, and he ends up changing his child. <laughs> like, I remember that happens in about sure. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like butterfly effect. Did butterfly you, Effect, the time travel movie. Did you like Butterfly Effect? Um, I remember thinking it was entertaining when I watched it, but probably not caring about it now. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Um, I know that there there was an alternate ending. Um, I can't remember what the alternate ending was, though. I think he, the alternate ending was, like, he goes back and, like, chokes himself in his mother's womb. That's right! Yes! Yes! He does. He kills himself. Yeah. Which, I mean, honestly, I feel like there were a lot of really interesting ideas in that movie. That was back when Ashton was trying to be an actor. Good for him. (laughs) 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 So... I guess now we we got to talk about the things we we came on here to talk about, right? Like the reason why we wanted to throw up an episode. The shit in the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So, um, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you already know we are in the midst of a global pandemic. We recently, I think as of two days ago, hit the 100,000 um, deaths mark in the, in the states, um, making us the most affected from this, uh, from the COVID-19. Um, it is currently, um, and I looked up the numbers today, currently the U.S. is looking at 1.759 million coronavirus cases and 102,880 deaths. 
this is according to worldometers.info, which I feel like is the most accurate um, depiction of numbers right now that I that I can find. Um, it's this kind of weird disassociation thing. Like I'm seeing these numbers, but it's 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 too big for me to parse. It's too big for me to turn around or, or to deal with in my head. Um, and I think that that seems to be the case for a lot of people because a lot of these states are currently reopening and they've decided they're going to good vibes only the coronavirus because they're tired of it and they're going out there and pretending everything is a-okay. Yeah, that's what's crazy is like, yeah, that number versus um, what you like see when you like look outside your window. <clears throat> yeah. Or... Um, the way, yeah, it seems like the world is um, just eager to jump back into it. Um, and then that we've just, like, accepted um, that people will die and whoever dies, dies. Yeah. And that um, it's worth people getting haircuts and, uh, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Like, and, like, I have family in Atlanta, so I'm friends and family, so I'm seeing a lot of people I know post, like, videos and photos of them going out and doing shit, or even, like, photo, like, videos of people at, like, overcrowded parties and shit, and gatherings at restaurants, and it's just, it's too fucking much, like, is it this kind of underbelly where people are quietly just kind of resigned to, to this idea that sustaining this life that they live is worth the cost of dying and killing people like I, i'm trying to understand what's happening here and i just i can't i can't understand it what do you think i think yeah no i think um the people that are like not caring and going out are probably um not worried about catching it. i think they um and probably aren't affected probably haven't had um friends or loved ones get sick or um you know, pass away from this, I think, um, so yeah, I think it's just the, the visibility of, of the separation between people that have been affected by COVID versus the people that haven't are just ready to go back to their lives and see it as, like, something that's happening to other people or something that, um, they don't need to worry about, and, um, yeah, because I think also it's, like, it's that, but I also think, like, they're the part of human nature, everybody thinks they're, um, somehow, like, smarter than, um, than a thing or thinking like oh yeah that's true like everybody should do this but it's okay if I don't do it or it's fine if I make an exception for this or you know but I really need to go do this thing so that's okay if I go do that you know mm -hmm. um I think it's just like individual um selfishness yeah which is I was like I was sitting here excited I was like I'm gonna like just sit down and wait like hopefully you know people stay inside long enough that things really do change and like what does that new world look like um cause if like you know we cause like people I think human nature if like history tells us anything right human nature shows that people don't remember or learn from the past so it's like if we look we can see that um pandemics and things and when like plagues and like disease come sometimes they stay for like years or like you know decades um, and it affects like how people live for like a long time and they're just like it comes in waves right it's just like every year boom here's this wave boom here's this wave um, and then economy and like society does stunt in those times and um, 
you know I think um, part of also like what we try to do as like a society and like civilization is try to like um, collectively uh, you know exist better than that and try to like save people versus being like oh nature wants people dead right but yeah I I honestly I don't know what to say or do about any of this my whole thing is I'm just gonna stay in the house until it feels safe and it does not feel anywhere near safe yet um and people just are out here being reckless. Um, and I, I personally know people who have been affected by this. So maybe that, maybe it's like what you said. Like I know, I know people who have been like directly impacted by this. So that's why I'm more vigilant. But like at this point, looking at the numbers, are there people who actually haven't been directly impacted by this? Like, the numbers are at 1.759 now. Yeah, I know. It, it seems like it. it. seems like some people feel like it's just some distant thing. Um, or or they have been affected and they, they're thinking they're um, immune or mm-hmm. um, oblivious. I don't know. But I think a lot of people just think, just haven't been affected by it or, you know, see it as something that's happening to somebody else. Yeah. Because at first we all felt like we were in it together, and then I was like, actually, are we? It's like people started picking their heads out, and people started going outside, and then, you know, the sense of unity really, like, fell away, I think, quickly. Yeah. <clears throat> I do think it's worth stating that I feel like when the numbers came out about how disproportionately black people were affected by this, that something in this became racially coded. And that's when you saw people protesting at government capitals about stay-at-home orders and people getting and governors being sued and people getting into physical fights about having to wear masks in public spaces and I think that's real interesting to think about how you turn a fucking pandemic into a racially coded War, like that's what it feels like. It feels like a fucking war, and I'm I'm tired. I'm just tired. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. From um, yeah, when the numbers come out, when the numbers came out, um, yeah, like how how protesting became yeah so politicized, so uh, partisan, so it was like very specific, like MAGA group. You know, their rights were being infringed and it became about guns, it became about Donald Trump, it became about like all these things. And then even in like the way um quarantining and like social distancing is police, right? Like the those photos from like New York of like crowded white parks and then like mm-hmm. a single black person getting tackled by like five cops, mm-hmm. right? Not wearing masks at all. Like you know, that's like the absurdity and like how how many like ways can this like be so clearly shown the the dif- the differences of um people's experiences in America, right? White people, black people. Um it's insane and yeah, like white people don't give a fuck it it seems so obvious, right? Yeah. Um they just they just want their like frisbee in their um parks and shit. Yeah. They want their 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 barber shop cuts, I guess. 
And they I'm, were like super cuts in a little barbershop. Yes. <laughs> and look, I can appreciate the need to be at a barbershop. My hair is starting to grow back after all the medical stuff, and it is in a crazy shape that I can't even fathom right now. Do you think I wouldn't love to be in a fucking barber chair right now and get this shit worked out? But no, I'm staying my ass in the house right now. Because it's it's not just about me going out and getting sick, it's about me going out, possibly already being sick, and infecting 10 to 20 other people I could kill. Like, why is no one thinking about that? I don't understand. It's hard for me yeah, to not no. get upset about this. I'm sorry. But just like... No, yeah, completely. It's, it's like everybody becomes a, an additional um, chance of carrying it from place A to place B. Yeah. Um, more people in a space means that it's like jumping around from people in surfaces more frequently. Yeah. Um, and then I, I like, even when I'm outside, I sort of still try to be... Like, I'm not going to touch anything. Like, I'll go outside... And, like, I'll see people, like, leaning on railings or, like, touching, like, um, the stop sign or, like, spotlights. It's like, why are you just, like, touching things you don't need to touch? You're like, you, you don't need to touch that at all. And it's like, you're just, like, touching shit. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> um, but, yeah, who knows? Who, who fucking knows? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, like, yeah, like I said, I have family in Atlanta, and I find myself, like, I have to call at least, like, once or twice every two days just to check in and make sure my my, my family isn't getting stir-crazy and getting tempted to go out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, my, yeah, I have, um, my parents are in, uh, Texas. Yeah. And, um, they've, yeah, they've, like, reopened. There's, like, restaurants you can go to now and stuff like that, but, um, they're still pretty much... Um, just staying in the house and stuff. Um, I guess my um, my brother and uh, his kids are also in Texas. Um, I guess my nephew had a, a social distance or not a, a drive by um, birthday party thing, um, <laughs> last weekend, where um, he was out on his like apartment balcony with like balloons and stuff. And I, my Aww. mom sent me a video. She was like driving by in um, her car, yelling, of course. <laughs> <laughs> recording like right next to her face but then just like the audio so <laughs> your mom is awesome by the way <laughs> um, yeah so it seems like they're still they're still staying inside as much as possible good um, but you just know like them like I feel like it's different for us in Oregon because I feel like right now knock on wood people are still kind of sort of abiding by stay at home orders in Multnomah County anyway but, like, in places like Texas or Georgia, where, like, the leadership has basically decided we are starting this shit up business as usual, it's got to be harder to stay at home in situations like that. Because everyone around you is acting so reckless and so crazy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because, you, you have, like, you know, your your job is telling you to come back to work. Um, like, yeah, like, all that shit's crazy. It's, I'm sure it's even worse and then you're and yeah because it is also so so politicized like being around all those people that like hold this belief that this is like they're being a patriot by being outside you know like that's just crazy that like i don't miss like that energy at all no (laughs) also do not miss that (laughs) what are you eating almonds is it loud can you hear it no 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 no, you're good (laughs) 
All right. So, uh, I guess we should talk about the curious case of Christian Cooper. Yes. AKA the cacophony, the curious cacophony of Amy Cooper. (laughs) Yeah, it's always, it's always, um, interesting to wake up, to wake up in the morning to news of another, uh, another Karen incident. Yes. These Karens are out here (laughs) whiling, just, just, uh, trying to get folks killed willy-nilly. And you would think, you would think that would, like, start trying to, like, be more subtle or, like, um, this one was so blatant, was so it was, apparent. It was Just, creepy. Yeah. Should we talk about it? Like, the details or whatnot? Um, yeah, we can if you want to. Um, I guess we can assume people have seen the video. Yeah, let's assume people have seen the video because I'm not playing that video. I'm not yeah. adding a clip because it was so gross. Um... So basically, um, this um, older gentleman um, named Christian Cooper, who um, is a queer rights activist and also has worked with Marvel um, as well, um, and is an avid bird watcher. I think they're called birders. That's some new information I learned. I had no idea. Um, Was... um, out and about in Central Park in this area that's known for, like, birding. And there was a random Karen there by the name of Amy Cooper who had her dog out um, and was unleashed, which is specifically specifically against the rules of that particular part of Central Park because it could affect, um the behavior of the bird life in that area. So, of course, he said something to her, and rather than taking heed and putting her dog on a fucking leash, Karen proceeds to go the fuck off um, like a proper insane racist person and starts cussing Christian Cooper out, um, approaching him menacingly, he, in, uh, you know, knowing, reading the room and understanding the landscape that we now live in, takes out his phone and starts recording her behavior. Um, and she gets increasingly angrier about this um, and threatens to call the cops, threatens to call the cops and tell them that she is being threatened by an African-American, even though she's the one who's up coming at him, running up on him. Um, and then she then proceeds to actually call the, the police officer, the police or whatever, and you see this like switch where her voice goes full on victim, white womanhood. Um, and she like starts screeching in terror, like I'm being a, I'm being threatened by an African American. All of this is caught on camera. Um and someone, I don't even think Christian Cooper actually posted it. I think it was someone who knows him who posted the video. Which yeah, I think Im- a relative. Yeah, relative. And it immediately went viral. Um, so once it goes viral, to, to the layperson who doesn't know this, um, 
it automatically pops up on the radar of what I what I like to call, which is a which is a term coined by the podcast The Black Guy Who Tips, Black Twitter CSI. It immediately <laughs> pops up on the radar of Black Twitter CSI. And what that means is the person involved, the people or persons involved in the viral um, incident have a smooth 24 hours before Black Twitter CSI tracks down who they are, where they work, um, where they live, and every incident, illegal incident they've ever been involved with, in. I think it took Black Twitter CSI a smooth five hours before they tracked this person down as Amy Cooper. They found out where she worked. They completely bombarded her workplace. Um, and what essentially ended up happening is the where she worked, they ended up firing her. I think she is currently being banned from Central Park. All of Central Park, which is hilarious. I'm sorry, but that's fucking hilarious. And the least they can do. Um, considering if those of, those of us who consider ourselves historians, if we know the history of Central Park, Google that shit. Anyway, um, an- another thing that ended up happening, which weirded me out a little bit, is people then looked up Christian Cooper. Um, and it turns out that he's a very, very attractive man, um, very well-spoken, has a Harvard degree, um, is kind of what they like to call hot nerd, I guess. Um, and then began to sort of creepily fetishize him in this sort of perfect victim sort of thing, like this respectability politics thing. That's just made me want to ease on back through the bushes like Homer Simpson. Um, so <laughs> that weirded me out. Like, it doesn't fucking matter what this guy looks like. Yes, he's hot. I get it. It doesn't matter that he has a Harvard degree. It does. None of this shit matters. What matters is what this horrible woman did to him. And we should probably be focusing on that. Like, in a part... Like, I was just like, okay, is it that black folks are just so happy that this did not end in tragedy so that we're focusing on, like, all of these quote-unquote positive things? Or is it that we just want to fetishize and make this sort of perfect victim thing? I don't know. Um, I think part of me thinks it is, um, it is that thing that, like, um, you know, some people are, uh, you know, like, do better in life, so therefore it's more tragic when something bad happens to them. But then I think there's another aspect that is, like, despite all these things, he was still just seen as, like, a black man, right, to this woman. Like, there's no, you know, that whole, like, thing about, like, there's no escaping it at the end of the day, right, as much, like, wealth or titles as, you know, as, like, as good as your education or whatever occupation you have, like, um... So I think potentially it's like, um, yeah, it's both those things. I think um, it's still like, even even like this can still doesn't save you from racism or, or from white people just, you know, um, essentializing you, simplifying you to uh, this black threat. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. It's just one of those kind of murky things, like... Yeah. No, I definitely think it is the other thing as well that, like, um, 
would this be like less tragic if he didn't go to Harvard? Would this be like less tragic for like all these other reasons? I definitely think that's there for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Christian Cooper later came out and made a statement. Um, and then folks were like, he's not angry enough. He should be angry at her. And it was a whole sort of Botham jeans brother thing again. We're like, we're dictating how angry the victim can be at the perpetrator. And I don't think that's cool either. If this, if this guy thinks that he needs forgiveness in order to move forward in his life, let him have it. You don't get to say he's not allowed to be angry. That's not how that shit works. Can we be angry on his behalf? Yes, we can do that. A lot of us are. But we can't say he's not allowed to move past it. It's not on us. I don't know. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think he can feel however he wants. I think um, this kind of like scenario um, potentially is like the best possible outcome. Like, um, yeah. you know, the police didn't come. The police didn't hurt him. Um, she was found out very quickly. Like, you know, he recorded everything. So the evidence is like clear as day mm-hmm. about like how just made up like this shit is and like how like not crazy that is that like people do that that like white people or white women like do do this shit that like it is real like like just how easily they can like fake um you know distress yeah um so i think like you know the fact that he got it all on tape um you know um this lady has been like found out uh fired from her job you know her life has been also like um i i also like read that uh her dog that I guess she adopted oh, dog yeah. like years ago and that <laughs> yes. dog has since been um, taken away from her because throughout the video she's also like choking the fuck out yes! of her dog. <laughs> yes! She's over here like calling the cops and just like choking the fuck out of her dog. That's not on a leash. <laughs> yes, Roy Woods Jr., who is uh, who is one of the writers on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, he posted a photo of the dog in uh, police protective custody, like talking to a police officer, and, and like the caption was like, "the the dog, uh, uh, Amy Cooper's dog, making a statement about how he made it look worse so that she would get, get in trouble." <laughs> but she was choking the fuck out of that dog, and the, the underlying joke that was running through Twitter that day was about how. Amy Cooper suffered all these consequences more so for the way she treated her job, job, her dog than the way she treated Christian Cooper, which, honestly, where's the lie? Where's the lie? Right. Yeah, of course. Like, here's this video, very clear, and then everybody's like, did you see how she's treating the dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Who's advocate for this dog? <laughs> and Pete was like, we will not stand for this. Meanwhile, they're posting pictures of wings on MLK Day. <laughs> like, whatever. That's another conversation. <laughs> um, so that's what had happened. Like, was that Monday? Was that like? Yeah, that was, that was only yeah, a few days ago. Fucking three days ago. It honestly, my recently, I've been um, you know, my phone has been is pretty full memory wise. So I'm like constantly needing to like 
delete things or take things off. So I'm like, so I'm like, oh shit, if that ever like something like that ever happened, like, would I be able to record a full video? Oh damn! Like, do I have enough memory on my phone? Like, do I need to be prepared for that? Do I need to like walk around with like X amount of memory just in case I have to like record like my innocence in the thing? Ooh, um, yeah. But, the answer is yes, Max. Yes, you yeah, do. I, like, I just I maybe should upgrade to more memory or something. Get a get a bigger <laughs> card. Get a bigger SD card. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't have an iPhone. I don't know how that works. Does iPhone take SD cards? No, they. Uh, I don't know what's inside of them. They don't take anything. It's not like I think there's something inside of them. But um, see, that's why I don't I fuck with iPhones because you can't control that. With and with an Android, you can just get a bigger SD card. Really, that's nice. Stay woke, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing that has been, so that was three days ago, and then immediately the next day, we as a people learned that even in the midst of a global pandemic in which people are dying, the police will still find a time, find the time, to kill black folks. Um, and that's when we, a lot of us, awoke to our dismay to a video of George Floyd being murdered by police officers in Minneapolis. Um, and before we get into that story, I just have a message about posting these videos. Um, if you are a non-black person and you are posting these videos on your timeline, why? Why are you doing this? What is the fucking point? The people you're trying to quote unquote convince cannot be convinced. Um, they haven't been convinced in the past eight fucking years or the past several centuries. They're not gonna be convinced now. So what do you think a video is doing? What do you think? Yeah, I think, um this is this this kind of stuff spreading this information this news is only news um to white people and to non-black into non-black uh poc like this isn't ever like news to black people um black people are never surprised about um how police are treating black people or um what's happening to black people in america so this idea like um you know i don't need to see this shit on my instagram um i don't need to be alerted to the realities of america um it's only news yeah for like white people are the like i can't believe this just happening can you believe this shit like yes yes I can. yes i can um, yes you know same for like non-black poc i think um yeah like i think it's still like why yeah why are you posting this stuff i think um you know if there's anything to post i think um you know you can post data statistics articles you don't need to post um video footage right mm -hmm. um i think that's ridiculous i think um you know so many it brings up so many things obviously about um how easy it is um to um just produce reproduce black death um how casual how um the lack of value around um the black body how um white people do it how well-meaning white people do it um this fascination with um you know, black death and like gore and violence, um, under the guise of, uh, some type of like solidarity. 
Um, I think it's 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 um un it's uninterrogated, it's uncritical, um, it's lazy, and it's violent. It's just you know spreading violence. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. That's that's it right there. Uninterrogated, uncritical, lazy, and violent. Yeah. And it just makes me angry. Like as a non-black person posting what is essentially what do they call them snuff films snuff films of black people what do you feel in your soul when you post this video like what does this do for you as a human being like if that was your fucking your daughter or your son or your aunt or your uncle or your mother or your father or your best friend or your coworker or your acquaintance would you feel okay posting that shit like, what the fuck are you thinking? And are you thinking about the black people on your timeline who come across this? Like, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. And it never ceases to amaze me. I Luckily, I feel like I have enough filters and mutes on so that I don't accidentally come across these videos. I've managed to actually avoid watching most of the videos that have happened in the last eight years, thankfully. Um... But I can't, I can't imagine what it does to someone who, who's like best friend or like partner or something posts some shit like this and they come across this with no warning. Like that's got to be a fucking like psychological like downturn. I don't understand like why you would do this to another human being. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think they're thinking on that level at all. Like these are real people. Um, they have people that love them, they have families, they have friends. Um, these aren't just, like, some distant story, some, like, um, sensational, um, images to spice up a a story or a post. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just crazy, um, how, how image, how, uh, can spread. So, um you know, without consideration so rapidly. <clears throat> yeah. And then meanwhile, like, as this kind of reverberates across, like, the country, um, we have a black trans man who was murdered in Tallahassee, Tony McDade, who was then subsequently misgendered Um, and then I couldn't find any fucking news articles on this. The only place I was able to find this was Twitter. Because other black people are talking about it. And it's infuriating. And this is the problem I continue to have with this movement. Like, you have all this energy for this black, for black cis males dying. And occasionally black cis women. But black trans folks have been dying across the board, both by police officers and other black people and we're not we're not where's where's that same energy where's the same energy like and i just i don't understand how you get to a point where you're fighting for black lives and black rights and excluding people like how do you get there what is the cognitive dissonance involved in that I don't know. What do you think? 
Yeah, no, it's definitely um, clear and, um, you know, like abundantly obvious the the differences and reactions in a, in attention in media cover from, yeah, like black men compared to like black women, um, black trans people. Um, yeah, it's, it's sad and unfortunate. And I think, um, you know, that needs to change definitely. Um, it, it, it is crazy, right? Because even, um, you know, how long um, a crime or like a murder or death occurs before, um, you know, more attention is brought to it is like months sometimes you know it's mm-hmm. other times like of course like never you know it's never brought up mm-hmm. um but these are still there's they're still the same story so like why i mean obviously we know like why mm-hmm. uh, you know certain um you know black men are um given the most attention around this yeah and it's just i can't fight for a thing that isn't about the thing it purports to be you know I don't know. I don't know what to do about this. Because it's been bothering me for a smooth decade now. So, I don't know, like, how do you, how do you reconcile this? Um, I don't know if I, if I do reconcile it. Um, I don't think it's reconcilable until it's, um, until it's changed. I mean, the fact that, like, we're, like, this, like, the conversation in itself is, like, um, more attention to, um, to like when police are killing black people and then like the the conversation in itself is like it's crazy to even have this conversation that like oh we want um you know there's people not getting there's like black people within the black community not getting enough um of the attention when it comes to like police killing black people that is still like even even within this idea of like police killing black people that's something like to talk about the i think the the general idea in itself is like crazy that we're even having to like have this be a conversation and be a reality but yeah that is the reality that um you know cops are killing um black men black trans people black women like all the time and um you know we're only gonna hear about um the highest percentage is gonna be black men it's gonna be yeah. um, the thing that's like maybe most understood most digestible um yeah. presentable. and then um and it comes back to this whole perfect victim thing like we have seen through history, through recent history, that the perfect victim argument doesn't fucking work. It doesn't work. So why do you keep perpetuating this bullshit? Like, if you present a victim that is relatable to white, cis, middle-class audiences, what you're going to get is a watered-down version of, of the fix, I guess. You're going to get a bullshit band-aid. We have seen this happen. We know it's going to continue to happen. And yet we keep falling into the same fucking pattern over and over again. And I, I'm tired. I'm just tired. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely like how do you get your oppressor to sympathize with you? And then it's like through speaking some version of their language. And that um, only furthers the thing, like only furthers the oppression, only furthers the violence. Um yeah and it's like how do you know how how does that change what do we do um to make that not the case obviously i think it's important to change that within like within ourselves um more importantly than like seeking sympathy from um white people or like how do we seek sympathy from white people and who's who's saying like you know the ways to seek uh seek sympathy and like sympathy from whom like which like white people um 
Do you think yeah, it's about? Yeah, my home's all fucked up. Do you think it's? You think we need to work on seeking sympathy from ourselves? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. I think um, obviously we need to like, um, you know, make um, queer people and trans people um, and women within the black community obviously need to become um, elevated, even with like in ourselves. Um, outside of what white people think of like any aspect of us and ourselves yeah you think that's possible um, like i i think i don't I, like i hope that's possible i don't think like i think you know we're talking about like all these like external internal things within like um the black community um but i think it always seems like internally to get to get united and like healed and healthy first versus to face like external um threats yeah. No. Yeah. It's a lot. And the thing I struggle with is like these are things that we need to do, but is this something that humanity at large is capable of? You know? I um I like to think we have the capability for sure. I think so much of like how we are is learned and you know i think um if people were like raised completely differently than how they raised are are like raised now like i think they would behave and act differently i think it's so much of like the world we're brought into and like what we're taught to like think and value and stuff like that so i think people are definitely like capable of change i think we're capable of being like molded into like Mm. whatever shape society like molds us into Mm -hmm. um but I think, you know, are we able to change society? Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, things like, you know, pandemics or stuff that, like, outside factors that become the, the big change that, like, we adapt to versus, like, you know, movements or people. Yeah. Um, I think those, like, cause change, too. But maybe, um, you know, exterior realities um, make more change. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if there's a better time to experiment pandemic would be it like i mean we're i mean we are watching we're literally watching things happen that we were told could never happen right that little stimulus that stupid ass stimulus check we got um like we were told my whole lifetime i was told the rep that reparations were not possible they were not viable but meanwhile people can get everyone in america can get Every taxpayer in America can get checks of $1,200, and they're contemplating a second one. We're seeing in other countries that they're able to do this. We have seen in other countries all along that they're able to do this. So, like, it's that thing of, like, contemplating the lies that we have grown accustomed to believing as truth, you know? Yeah, no, I think, I think, yeah, you you hit the nail on the hammer. I think that's exactly that. We, We accept some things as reality as like this is the way it's always been and the way it always will be mm-hmm. versus like things that um we think we have like a change in but in reality like we can change like we could change any of it yeah um and i think yeah it's like getting getting people to like believe that like this is permanent when that's not that's not really the case yeah it's crazy because like yeah like obviously like in our lifetime we only ever know like our span like however many decades we're gonna be here but like when you take like steps back you're like oh yeah this like you know um, usa has been around for 200 plus years that's not 
anything and like they exchange so like thinking of like um this like american based like republican um society mm-hmm. versus like um other versions of things that have existed over like you know the span of time is um this shows you that like yeah there's so many other possibilities there's so many other ways yeah. of existing yeah. um I think I, I think it just yeah we have to we have to just um, you know I think the fun part is imagining all the possibilities because I think you can never like build something that you haven't already like imagined first right true uh, so I think that's yeah maybe maybe the thing we can do hmm. so let's talk about IG activism yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, going hand in hand with all these, um, with all these, like, current events is crazy. I feel like all I see is just, like, um, a lot of finger wagging, um, <laughs> at, at them, at each other, at, 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 like, people themselves, like, you know, one day people, somebody posts, um, you know, a story, um, like a non-black POC posts a story, you know, dripped heavy and, like, AAVE, and then the next day they're, like, all uh, all POCs that that aren't black that like um, use AAVD are fucked up. You guys aren't like, supporting. You guys aren't down for solidarity. And then um, yeah, like we were talking about earlier, like white people being like, "Don't spread black death." And then like the very next day, spreading black death. Or like, is 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 insane. The the disconnect within individual like users and like people like um, you follow or I follow like on social media is like when you just like three days ago doing the thing that you're now accusing everybody of and it always seems like everybody else is guilty and the person wagging the fingers and never guilty of anything that right is always the accused and like everybody's always above it but mm-hmm. it seems like everybody else is doing it it's like what, yeah. is, what is that reality and it's it yeah. just it seems so empty now it's yeah. just, it, i mean it's, it just seems so ridiculous and then what is it beyond stories and posts um or even some of them are just reposts like is reposting so much easier than posting your own thing too um and what is it beyond that is like and then all even the posts that are like it's so much more than instagram posts and it's like i, I don't see this person doing anything other than posting <laughs> <Instagram> posts. <laughs> so i'm just so I'm instagram so gangster my just, <laughs> yeah my mind just is boggled by the the audacity the, the absurdity of um IG activism and then um the the echo chambers the yeah just the, the cyclical nature of it all and just it's just <laughs> it's to me it just all comes back to this lack of critical analysis <laughs> of both oneself and the viability and the limitations of these platforms, right? So, like, anyone who navigates these platforms know that each of them have their different functions, right? Instagram is specifically for, like, all the visual stuff. So you see, like, most of, like, visual artists on there, like, posting their wares. Twitter is for the academics and where you talk your shit and you test out writing bits and stuff and you interact, like, um, literally, like, literature wise like with wording and facebook is kind of like kind of where the whitewash version of yourself that you present to family and friends right everybody <laughs> kind of knows that right yeah um 
None of these three things alone, or even together, acts as any kind of activism, quote unquote. Like, and I think in 2020, it's okay for us to go on ahead and admit that. You can use it as a tool for activism, which has been done. It's also been used as a tool against activism. That is currently happening, and we can see how that happened with some of the activists with Ferguson. Um, but ultimately, these are public spaces that are owned by corporations. So I don't understand how any thinking human being who posts some shit in 2020 thinks that they're doing some incredible service to a group of people on any of these platforms. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think, um, you know, even in our very recent experience, it seems like, is it just the public attention? Like, I want people to know that I'm, like, about this thing. Or yes. Or that I'm, like, down for this thing. Um, is that it? Is that, like, is that what it's about? It's just, like, I need to post a story. Let me post about, because um, I understand if, like, oh, there's, like, shit going on in the world. I'm going to post about, like, my art. Versus right. like, oh, I don't want to be that person. There's shit going on in the world. Let me post about that so I can show people that I'm aware of what's going on, that I'm not so shallow, that I'll just post my own art or something. Yeah. Because um, it's like, what are all these people doing for? And they're like, what is all this like um, virtue signaling and like um, finger wagging of like, you know, being like, um, don't do that. Don't do this. Like, I can't believe my community is doing this thing. And then it's like, are you not doing that stuff too? Like, are you like, I can't think of a single person I know in like my age range, that's not that's like a white person or that's wait wait can you can you back person color can you back up a little bit? You broke up a little bit in the past few seconds. Yeah, I just said I can't think of a single person in my age range that I know who's white or a non-black POC that doesn't at some point use like AAVE mm. in 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 real life on Instagram um, on social media. You know, like are you in then? acting like they don't or acting like that's not the case you know in these like posts it's like what i mean that's a good point but you're not a little bit creeped out when okay suppose it's someone you know and you know it's for a fact that they don't usually use aave when you're talking to them but when you see them posted up on social media, they throw in all this miscellaneous AAVE for no goddamn reason. That wouldn't creep you out a little bit? No, that that does creep me out. I'm very creeped out by people like that. There's Yeah, there's a few people in particular that I'm downright surprised um, by their flagrancy with AAVE, these very, um, you know, archetypical white people, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that say they're about all these things and then will just, like, act like they're, um, you know, cool or some fucking, um, you know, their digital blackface. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, and it seems so um, separate. Like, they're able to, like, completely detach from things they say at a, at a different point in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a minefield. Like, I yeah, mean... Like, sorry, go ahead. I mean, and, like, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's not just limited to on social media. Like, you and I definitely both know people, because I've seen it happen to you, just as I'm sure you've seen it happen to me. People who you know are as white as the driven snow, who are, like, talking normally, and then the minute they approach you, they throw in some random-ass slang from the 1995 
um, <laughs> for no goddamn reason. Like, who asked you to do this? Yeah, like, no, I, I, I'll agree with him and say, I, I too think that is whack. into Sealy's glass of water which is a special shout out for the folks who are doing the most with not even the least oh mr. talking trash about sure folks don't like nobody being too proud or too free today's glass goes out to Shamik Moore aka Miles Morales so Earlier this morning, young Shamik had some hot takes about the recent rounds of police brutality, or as I prefer to call it, murder. Rather than keeping them to himself, or writing it down in his dream journal, he decided to take advantage of his 240 characters and let the whole world know what he thought. Um, here are some of those tweets. See, I have some very... Sh okay, first of all, he posted a video of some black violence, some black death. That was hint number one. And accompanying that video, he, he tweeted, See, I have some very strong opinion that the black community hates to hear, but needs to hear. We need to learn how to deal with police and or racism, because this is the part of the scenario we have failed to fix. We have failed to fix. Mm-hmm. And did he stop there? Nope. 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 He did not. He kept going. Here's some more. We have to work on our community before blaming everything on, quote, racist, unquote, and police. One, there is still black-on-black -black violence that needs to be addressed. And two... If we know that the wrong white person could change our whole life with a false accusation, dot, 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 I just, <laughs> I just feel the solution is not to continue to handle the situation the way we've been handling it. There are no results. That is literally the definition of insanity. And I would like to point out at this point that Roxanne Gay, who, you know, there have been some mixed receptions of her but she very kindly and generously <laughs> pointed out in response to his second tweet before he went on to let the chop a spray as they say um you need to go read several books because this is not your lane and you are embarrassing yourself okay did he listen max did he listen to that sage advice no he did not no he did not let's continue um why do we give them the energy they want? That was all in caps, y'all. Give them an inch and they will take a mile. We literally know this already. At what point do we look at ourselves and make adjustments? He goes on. No one asked for my opinion. You're right, Shamik, no one did ask for your opinion. <laughs> but it's 2020, not 1945. Meaning, I'm more focused on black futures. Futures is in caps, y'all. That's how you know it's serious. <laughs> then black history. I personally refuse to feel like a victim. I refuse to have a slave mentality. 
I don't not fear for my life because I know how to carry myself in tough situations. And tough is spelled T-U-F-F, y'all. Um, here's some more. And I know there are many of us that have literally never experienced a cop or racist hunting you down for your life. I'm pro-life, but I'm obviously black, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Black lives shouldn't be taken so heartlessly. <sighs> All right. So, <clears throat> after getting appropriately dragged in various degrees of politeness, he then quadrupled down on this fuckery and posted some videos where you could see his face match with the voice of all this nonsense. <laughs> now look, from this nonsense, I can only assume one of two things happened here. Either Shamik has gone full-on Candace Owens and started getting those big publisher's clearinghouse checks for spewing racist, white supremacist nonsense, and honestly, in today's economy, I have made peace with the fact that we're going to lose some folks to capitalism. It is what it is. Or, and this is perhaps the most likely of the two, this young man is drowning in the same sea of despair that we all are and is looking for a perspective that allows the illusion of agency and control in this centuries-old situation we got going on with this country. And look, I get it. In some ways, it's almost easier to believe that it's somehow our fault. That way we can change it, right? However, the arrogance and historical amnesia required to believe and say this bullshit is so astounding that it hurts my head to think about. And then to publicly say it out loud, whew, I don't really want to understand that life, to be honest. At the end of the day, young Shamik, you could have just sat there and ate your food. You could have said nothing, which is not only free, but tax deductible. <laughs> when given the choice between saying something that will hurt a large number of people and is based on lies, or saying some saying absolutely nothing and continuing to, continuing to secure the the bag, why not go with the latter? What informs these kinds of choices? Where are your friends? Where are your people? In conclusion, and I say this with love, please shut your goofy ass up. Okay. And on that note, we are going to end with parting words. Max, what are your parting words? Um, my parting words are... Um, I, I'm, I'm late for, uh, for a meeting, and that reminds me of uh, something my grandma would always say when we were kids. Um, I guess when she was in high school, back in like the 40s, um, <laughs> she played... Um, they did the play Alice in Wonderland, and she was a uh, 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 rat. And um, her, the line she would always repeat was, I'm late, I'm late for a very important date. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's my parting word with that uh, add-on story. Nicely done. All right. And my parting words are twofold. One, we know who really set those fires. And two... Black folks, stay as safe as you can out there, especially those who are putting their lives on the line for the rest of us. And for those of us who are just watching, let's do better at learning when to shut the fuck up. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye.